No, I gotta imagine you got the fucking shit uh, taken out. Of I did. I did, and my older brother's name was Jean Pierre. So when I'm getting my ass kicked and I go, I get my bigger brother Jean Pierre on you. No wait. Right, and in England, <laughs> I would imagine that any French shit doesn't go over very well. Yeah, you know what? Um, it right? didn't. But my neighborhood was—I I really think my neighborhood was an experiment because we were the most diverse neighborhood. So, like when I show. Cats out here, I know from like the Bronx or Brooklyn or Philly. I show them my school pictures. Like the, it was so mixed. How I grew up was so beautiful that they can't believe it. It was like, you know, it was like fifty percent, you know, Indian, Black, Jamaican, African, you know, Irish, White. It was so, it was so mixed. And right, not you know, like my, the, not like the integrated Los Angeles. Yeah, it, in, you know, like people call, people call, people call um. Los Angeles a, a melting pot, and I, I think it's a salad bowl that hasn't been tossed. That's how mm. I look at it. Well, I, I, you you're right, here. except for West Hollywood. I think there's a lot of salad been tossed in yeah, West Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I used to live in West Hollywood, man, and I have a story about West Hollywood. I, there was some guy one night outside my house, right, and Timmy's like, "Hey, there's a dude scoping out the house. There's a dude scoping out the house." I'm like, "Fuck, dude!" So I roll out there. It's like 11 at night, and it's like this. Latino brother, right? Yeah. All, all like ganged up and the thing. I'm like, I'm like, so I go, I go, what's up, man? He's like, he's <laughs> what's like, up, man? He's like, what's up? And he, he steps up to me. I go, I go, you tell me you're outside my house. And as I say that, he just grabs my balls. Oh. He was like, fucking, it was. What? I know. And I was like, lucky. I was like, ah! Like I just screamed, right? I was like, "Fuck, dude!" They and call then, that a crocodile uh, Dundee. Totally. He, right. like, and there was a red, there was like a plastic watering can, and I picked it up and hit him, right? And then like uh, he, he ran away and the whole thing, and I was like, "Fuck!" And the neighbor's like, "Yeah, he was cruising you," because I was like the only yeah, dude in yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. some neighbor had the bright idea to call the police, and the sheriff rolls down. He's like, "I heard someone was assaulted." I'm like, "No, no, everything's cool." Like, Can you tell me what happened? I go, "No, no, no, it's cool." And then you're like, "Really, I can't." Yeah, and one of the neighbors told him what happened. I was like, "Fuck." You know, so after that, I just always kept a bunch of watering cans on the yeah. front porch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> metal ones. Yeah, and metal. some really loose shorts. In case <laughs> yeah. And a cup. You go outside yeah. with a protector cup on. Yeah. Right. Like, hey. You ready? Uh, Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's, um, why don't we do Hazard? Yo, it's Hazard to the fucking mic. You want a hard luck show? Go to hardluckshow.com or any of your streaming platforms. Make sure you check these crazy motherfuckers out. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show coming yeah. at you from Come on. the Pico Youth Family Center in yeah. the city of Santa Monica. Sitting across from me, my co-host, the Mad Indian. Hi. <laughs> yeah, Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian. Yes. Barbarian, yes. bringing you back to our tribal roots once again. Come on, come on, come on. Wake up, wake up, white people. <laughs> we're gonna cook that scalp. We're gonna cook the scalp. Oh, we're gonna make scalp bacon. We're gonna put that in the next Caesar salad. We're yeah. gonna fucking eat that up like some old crusty parmesan. Like anchovies. Come on, come and on. Speaking of anchovies, yeah, his hands smell oh, like fish. Oh, blue eyes himself. That's right, Sean Lewis. 
certified audio professional engineer. Yeah. Come on. Mm. Come on. For the hard left show. Uh. Ghetto boys. Yeah. Mm. We got Big Pick Mike in the house. Oh, we do got Big Pick Get Mike. in there, we Mike. Got... Give him a shot. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. I got a new one because I fucked myself up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> try it again. Try it again. I got fucked. Here we go. Buzzed again. Here we go. Big Big Mike. Come on. Oh damn, what you trying to release, man? Come on! Check it out. Sit up on Thanksgiving, y'all. What we do on the Boogie Brown Hot Luck Show. Get down. Another Monday morning. Come on. Tom Hawk's flying. Big Lust want to shoot it up well. Yeah. Blue Lions are going to chill. Got Yeah. Yeah. I'm mighty Michelangelo. It's going to save your soul. Yeah. 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 Big, big bite. All right, man. That was a heavy set. Man. That was a heavy that set. That was a heavy set. set. Let me tell Scat you a little man something about little, yeah, Scatman Brothers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, amazing. coming to the center no, stage. Coming to the center of the stage. <laughs> Via, by way of Europe, England. England. Ah, uh, but now, resident in the United States, is a dual citizenship. Right. My dear friend, John Paul, welcome to the show, on, JP. Money that do a citizenship. Yeah, yeah a lot. So much money. Director. This guy's a fucking great director, man. Right. He's just, man, what's up, JP? Dude, what's up, G? Man, I, um, I love talking to you, though. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> I see you, just love it. Love That's it. Yeah, it's you. It's like the highlight. Brother. It's like the highlight. JP, good How man. How do you guys bro. know each good other? Good man. How do you guys know each other? We met uh, about 30 years ago. Yep. Uh, maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Nineteen eighty-nine was eighty-nine. No, sorry, no, nineteen ninety-one. Okay, yeah. Damn. When Trinity was on Melrose, yeah, remember man. Trinity? Yeah, Trinity. Uh, John Paul had met Esteban over in, I think, in Europe at some point in time. They'd worked together, and yeah, I met Esteban up. down on East First Street in LA, at Omar's old office. Okay, I used to be in in over the bridge. Yeah, and I remember he had just come back from Liverpool. He had. Yeah. And Esteban went, in Liverpool. Esteban yeah. was in Liverpool, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. He could tell you some stories, I'm I, sure. I'm sure. Did he bust your chops? Because he loves busting chops. Yeah, he did. But being British, straight back at him. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And then we right. had, and then and then I ended up living with him, which was amazing. Uh, yeah. You know what, yeah. honestly? The crazy thing about it is, is like I know and this is not a dig, but like I always feel like the ethnic Americans have the same sense of humor as the British people. Right, you know, yeah, they, very, yeah, very, uh, very, yeah, 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 and yeah, the yeah. East Coast Americans like white people, but but I feel like the Californians like, like it's harder for me to relate because you could talk shit and, you know, I guess because you grow you you grew up talking shit with all your mates, right, like real shit, right, and, right, and, and Stefan was just like it. You, I have some mates from Philly, from the Bronx, like mm-hmm. there's no. They talk shit nonstop, right? Right. So, Ball breaking. Yeah. So when I met Stefan, it, right off the bat, he was like that. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. 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 It's like a regular yeah. dude. Right. Right. Now, listen, this right. guy shows up. Right. Off. He's got his head shaved. Right. But he's got a handsome mug. And then at some point in time, you have an accident. Oh yeah. Oh, slice your God. face open. Only yeah. made him hotter, he's right? Like a, the it chicks were like, oh, I want to fucking rub my vagina him. all over your scar. Uh, I was actually going out to meet some bird that night with a Stefan. It was like, 
12, 15 at night. I think we just finished work and I fucking ran back to my apartment, showered up and had a motorbike before the crash helmet law, no headlight on it. I'm like, fuck right. it, I'm just rolling anyway. So right. I'm blowing up Cochrane past Wilshire and this taxi backs out of a driveway, doesn't see me because I have no headlight. Right. And I just fucking nail it, no brake time. Mm. Right. End up on the floor, out. I hit him so hard that the front forks and tire cracked the whole bike in half basically damn so i was out like saw the angels the near-death experience did everything. you have a near-death experience yeah full on was there a tunnel did, full on it was like uh did jesus come down and you touched his robe like what happened aliens it was um i think i i mean you know what the experience was i i, I like after like I, I i when i flew off the bike i like stumbled and i went to reach to his car and i was out and right. then it was all just like really peaceful like looking at those like but it was really white like looking at those kind of like neat those fluorescents up there yeah and there was kind of like a tunnel with all like people lined up on the tunnel not, not people but like images right like, full-on images right and yeah. i wasn't thinking oh i'm dead i wasn't thinking what happened to me i was just here now in peace yeah in peace but in a different space right, right. and then I guess I don't even know how long that lasted. It didn't seem like it lasted too long. It seemed like maybe 30 seconds. Mm. And then it was like, and I'm back. There's a woman right. holding my head because my head's gushed open. There's fucking blood shooting everywhere. And then, then her daughter's there and there's other people there going, call an ambulance. And, you know, it was crazy because it was at the time of like 91 was the big hype of AIDS with Magic Johnson. And right. this woman, because I had 55 stitches in there holding my right. head. Right. Right. She had a hand. Split. I can see the dent still. Yeah. She, she had a hand on my forehead. And I always wanted to go back and find that woman because she right. saved so much blood. Mm -hmm. Didn't care about any of things what were going on in the world. Right. right? right. And just like... Because you were handsome. She said, yeah. this beautiful young yeah. man, I in a pool I'll, of blood. I'll mm -hmm. risk my life. Yeah, I think she was trying to, you know, like, uh, tell her daughter, he's not bad looking, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I was fucked. <laughs> I was fucked. And I remember, like, after that, I ended up, I had no health insurance. Mm -hmm. I ended, it was Friday night. Mm -hmm. Every, I'm in the ambulance. I'm trying to rush. Cedars is busy. This one's busy. I ended up at, um, <laughs> I ended up at uh, Midway. Midway. Right? I'm Venice. So I go down into Midway and they're like, the dude's stitching me up and, you know, this whole thing. And I'm feeling him like, as he's talking to me, like spitting on me. And I know I've got a gash yeah. in my head like oh. that. And I'm like, fuck, this oh. dude's literally spitting in, in my like, open wound. Oh. Right? Yeah, I was, it was crazy. They wouldn't even allow that at a restaurant. Like if the chef was spitting on the food, he'd be axed out and that shit's going right 100%. into you. <laughs> and talk about restaurants. I thought it would be great, like within two days, swollen, 55 stitches in my face, busted up legs to go and eat i had all these girls that i knew in la were like i'll look after him <laughs> uh, even though i was so right, fucked yeah, up all of the nurses all the yeah, nurses all topless yeah. nurses came I'm out yeah. telling you bro <laughs> right and they would you take me to restaurants up. and I, we would get kicked out right because i was disturbing people <laughs> i remember being at the daily grill remember the daily grill yeah. oh yeah i remember like the manager telling me i had to leave because i was putting people off of their food because i was so fucked up right you went to a uh, polish pierogi place and oh they said sir gosh. your swollen forehead looks like a deep yeah. fried dough thing you Get the fuck you, out of you like was it the accident or was it Tiffany? She was way after that. that way after that. Yeah. What's because you showed up and when you showed up, you were like angry, didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And it was clear that Esteban was like, Esteban liked you because you didn't fit the mold. Yeah. You were like a bad guy out here, you know? Because it's where I grew up in London. Right. You know? And so when did you when did like because there was a point in time where you went off the radar and you started changing, everything started changing for you. It really, I think I really started changing. 
I have a twin sister after I lost my twin to suicide. Man. Before we go there, before we go there, because that is a conversation we're going to go into. Uh, He was working with me with Zerga. Yeah. Now listen. Okay, so let me. Me, Esteban, and him. Was Doug White on any jobs Doug White. Dude, we met Doug White, right? He came on the show. Came on, he did the show though. The right, guy right, right. Listen, let me tell you something. All right, okay, get my let's... check off that guy when he comes back. <laughs> hey, which one, Zerga or Doug White? Both of them. Hey, you both owe this guy money, like, and, and they probably owe Lucky money. Yeah, <laughs> with interest, motherfucker. All right, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Twenty-five years. But listen, this is so the whole like so Tony sh- Ward. All of us were working. Love him. Yeah, we did that. Re- yeah, it was did you do great. some boxing? We did that wait, eight wait, wait, ball, wait. that that lounge with the fucking the living room, the one next yeah. door. We did the house the wrong color because you Zerga, did an eight ball in a lounge. Right. So we ended up, I guess, like Zerga and and Doug uh, had taken on too many jobs, and they'd sent me, you, and Lucky and Tony over to the Venice job when we worked on Mars because the got client was coming back. He'd been gone six weeks and nothing had been done to his house. Right. So he's like, Zerga's like, okay, that wall's purple, this wall's blue, blah blah. So we ended up painting this whole fucking place, trying to just make look make it look like something had been done. <laughs> And the guy came back, like, he was a big TV angelist, Marjo Gordner. I don't know if you remember him. Lived next to Gold's Gym in Venice, one of those beautiful warehouses. Mm-hmm. And we'd painted it all the wrong colors. Mm. So we'd been over there all night long, mm-hmm. and we painted. And that's actually, yeah, that was a crazy time. Because I remember coming down here with, with a Stefan one night on his bike, and these guys pulled a gun on us crossing the street. And I never <laughs> fucking even, the only gun I'd seen is it was like, like a Stefan's. And then I remember, like, these young kids, we were, like, waiting on these motorbikes to go somewhere. And they come across the street. And you know you just know when there's going to be trouble. And right. one of them had a golf club. I'm like, oh, here we go. And the, the young kid who was little just pulled out a gun and pointed it right at us. Like, literally where you're sitting. And the Stefan just fucking opened up the accelerator and, like, drove right through it. Right through him. It was like... I was like, oh, welcome to L.A. <laughs> right, it was everything they said it was. Fucking yeah. more. Well, so the thing that's weird is, <clears throat> so, you know, I know Steve from a different context. Sean only knows Steve through us, and so we started this podcast, and we don't know jack shit. I mean, all we know is that we're loud mouths, and we're going to put some fucking microphone, blah, blah, blah. And so our first guest is Esteban. It's great. Right? And he is. And, and maybe a blue chip ball buster. Right, yeah. he'll fuck you up without him even letting you Fucking know he's joking. Oh, no, yeah. he, he, he'll yeah, say he shit in a straight. Yeah, right. totally. And I love that because today you can't say anything. You know, well, like, I mean, you can on this show. Yeah, so don't which is great. But but uh, Stefan, that's what I just liked about him because that's exactly how I grew up. Right? But so, so 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 okay. So then you know what am I? I'm a fucking whatever. So I'm listening to these stories, and all of a sudden. Steve and Esteban start talking about this fucker named Zerga. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, what the fuck kind of name is Zerga? It sounds like Polish. a 1980s video game or it, something. It, he is a 1980s video is. game. He is. <laughs> With a tool belt yeah. around, yeah. throwing his hammer and <laughs> yeah. shit. I was yeah. telling him how... With no credits. <laughs> with no credits. I, right. I was telling him how we're in there fucking doing this whole fucking tile, <laughs> black tile bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and every piece is being cut and fit and everything in Mark Fox's house. Oh, yeah, Mark Fox. And oh he has to bring, like, some Mark fucking Fox. wood piece. And oh. I brought the wrong thing. And he just flew <laughs> off the handle and takes his fucking mallet <laughs> and throws it into the fucking bathroom and shatters, like, a week's worth of work. Yeah, I remember. And then when he sees that happen, yeah. he just goes in there and, po- and finishes the whole bathroom. Right, yeah. just lets just loose. destroys everything. Yeah. Do you remember, like, when- remember the fits he would throw? <laughs> Wait, do you remember talking about Mark Fox? That was the house up in the hills, right? Right, right, right. I remember being up there with you. Mm-hmm. 
digging a trench and it was pissing with rain. Do you remember? And the more we dug, the fucking the thing was filling yeah, up. Yeah, and, and he would, and I remember Zerga would come around and bitch like it hadn't been dug out. Yeah, like that. <laughs> right. Like first of all, why the fuck are we digging in the rain? Right. Right. Yeah, just doing crazy shit. Crazy shit. Yeah, like and no. Then, and then he would go like this, and so he tells these crazy stories of like destroying black marble and then crying later right. and then yeah. taking you out to lunch, and it sounds like an up and down fucking it was. drama. Oh man. And then he said, and then also we would do some boxing matches. Oh at yeah. Work. Oh yeah. Oh, Throws the the down, yeah, downtown. Did you do any boxing? Yeah, down in his warehouse yeah. down there. Yeah. Everybody and he's did. a big fucker. He's a big no, fucker. But he's clumsy, though. Yeah. Right. I hit him in his nose. <laughs> yeah. He got all mad. I hit him one time with boxing, and I'd hit him in his nose like three times, and I threw the gloves off. I go, bro, I don't want to yeah. hit this guy. And he was so mad that I wouldn't stay in the ring. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. done, man. I waste yeah. my time. You learn how to yeah. fight, and then I'll yeah. fight. Go get a he chili was dog. so pissed, bro. Yeah. He was like that. Uh, I remember one time I had a friend of mine. I'm not going to name any names. Sure, but he, he was sure. always like a Allegedly. boxer, 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 boxer. Because we grew up in London together. Boxer, hard man, boxer. I just like to have fun. Like, I, like I'm not. I don't want to get into a row. That's the last thing in my mind. Boxer, right. boxer, tough man. Yeah, I'd be out with this guy 50 times. So we ended up at a gym. Like I think there was a proper boxing gym on Fairfax and Wilshire Boulevard. Okay. And they had mm. this young prospect. This kid who was like 18, right? really super slick boxer and my mate's like oh yeah i'll spar him i'll spar him, I'll spar him. no headgear i'll right, spar right, him right, i'll right. spar him I don't need so, so the kids train and the kid was slick and my, my mate we you know, had 10 years on him mm-hmm. it was like twice his size mm-hmm. right just because you lift weights doesn't mean you're a good boxer that's right, right. that's right that's right. So that's right so after three rounds of sparring right mm-hmm. i looked at the trainer and, and we could all see what happened the kid annihilated him right so i looked at the trainer of this kid and i go so what do you think and the trainer looked at me and went well, your mate's got good legs. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That hey, was fucking yeah. it. You know what I mean? So, Jean-Paul, where did you actually grow up in England? Where did you grow up? I grew up in southwest London in a place called Ballam, which is literally maybe, it's on the same line as Brixton. So, All right. So, yeah. for people, uh, fathead, shithead Americans that don't know London and England very well, kind yeah. of like where... What would be close that they might be able to be like, oh, okay, I kind of understand what that well, is. Well, Chelsea, Chelsea, the King's Road, you know, the whole where the whole punk scene started. We, I grew up literally like maybe three miles from that. So if it was LA, it would be like there's West Hollywood and I grew up in like East Hollywood. Right. You know. And so growing up there, what was it like? It was amazing because I honestly think, you know, I'm a child. I was born in 67. Okay. So, That's right, brother. Yeah, I was born Fuck in 67. Yeah. So, <laughs> so right I grew here, up brother. into a really diverse neighborhood. It was amazing. My mates were from the Seychelles, Trinidad, like Jamaica, African, you name it. Like right. Half my family awesome, in, in England is Jamaican. Right? I love Jamaican. Yeah, amazing. From Incredible. My nieces, my nephews from marriage. So I grew up in this incredible world, meeting the moms, the dads, you know, like fucking eating their food, all this cool stuff. My parents had to deal with that adjustment. So when I grew up, it was... It's all I knew, mm. right? You understand what I'm saying? So the older people were like, oh, there's the first black man. There's the first Indian. Right, 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 right. I just grew up in it. Right. And it was amazing. And so, when, so the crazy thing is I was just back in London and I was back in my part of London. And it's so gentrified now that... Man. But the issue is gentrification is cool, but it's like 90% white now. Yeah. Right? Because, yeah. Of, because of money and expenses. And... and I feel sorry for those kids who are growing up in that neighborhood because they're not going to have the experiences that I had. Right. Right? They're not going to know the Jamaican kids, the African kids. You're just your friends, right? Right. So I have that. There's a fear that, you know, how London was growing up for me, I I fear now it's... It's It's gone. 
yeah, it's gone and it's going away from it. They got to put the brake on because you see it everywhere. And and it it worries me. And I'm not trying to say this in a bad way. That, it, that it's going to become a little bit like how America's get segregated, right? It's yeah. your Hispanic neighborhood, your Jewish neighborhood, your white, your black, your Chinese. Right. And I feel like now that's what's happening in London because you, it's, it's an expensive city. Right. So, but yeah, it was an amazing neighborhood, man. But it, we, fuck, man, it was gangs of kids. I mean, gang, and everyone in my neighborhood, they were like, there were generations, the 20, you know, so I started rolling out at 13, 14 into the pubs and the older guys were like 20, 21. Yeah. And then there was a 17 and 18s and then the 16 year olds are now here come the 13 year olds, but they yeah. all looked after each other. Like there was so many times, you know, I, I had, I, had a, I, had, I used to do quite a few bad things as a kid. And mm. sometimes I'd be getting chased or caught by someone and, and the older guys would know me from the neighborhood and get off of him, you know, like, mm-hmm. like so look you look out for each other. Yeah, totally look out for each other. And it's a, uh, yeah, I credit like my growing up, I would never change it, never change it because it makes you who you are. That's why when I came to L.A. and, you know, I like met Stefan, you and I met some amazing brothers from Philly. Like it was fucking just great. You know, it's interesting what you say. It's it's fascinating to me that you're talking about some of the same things that people talk about in L.A. Like, yeah. you know, gentrification, yep. the loss of some sort of sense of community. Yeah. <clears throat> and then community. I was I was looking at. Well, but but at the same time, I'm like looking at gentrification and I'm like, you know, essentially what happens is, is right. One area gets neglected for whatever reason. Totally. Right? We all know it's race and greed, but fuck it, whatever. But one area gets neglected to a point where <laughs> the property values get down to such a level that new money can come in and buy it all up and change it over. And I'll tell you something, man. I was just reading this biography about B.B. King. Amazing. Okay. This guy is a real fucking, this, a real dude. Okay. And the beginning of blah, 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 blah. The American invasion to England for the blues. Yeah, love this, it. My right. son listens to him all the time, plays, you know, he's a big influence in my son's guitar playing. Love but it. one of the things in the 60s that happened for B.B. King, now he'd been running the Chitlin Circuit and all this other shit for a long time. He was already like 30 something or whatever by the time the Fillmore happens in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Before he comes to the Fillmore, it was. A black joint. And it wasn't anything crazy. That's all it was. So you then, say for him to get big money, he needed to go to Europe. To no, well, that did happen. But right. but what I'm trying to get to is this idea of the gentrification. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. I used to live on Fillmore and Hayes. Trust me, I was the only white guy there. That's I where, hey, the I lived on Fillmore and Hayes, too. I was right there above the liquor store, literally. Bro, 19, across the street is Walden House. Yeah, 1987. But did you know across the street was a rehab? No. Doesn't Walden look House like he knew that. In 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 I went there. He's like, that, but they've been there since 60. Yeah. That building across the street from the liquor store was a nun place. I, that's yeah. where I went to treatment. Yeah, amazing. On and I used Hayes to take the bus. Yeah, Bucky, film, right I was there. right there. On the I used to date this amazing, like, light skinned chick. Like, incredible. Mm. She was a dancer. She told me she was a dancer. I had no idea she was a stripper. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. She was a dancer. <laughs> I didn't know too. So okay. I came down to get well, some money. And then she's like, more Hayes, that's where my recovery yeah, was. I loved at. it. Okay. Go so on. check this out, right? So at one point, this is a regular black joint, and it's where on the Chitlin circuit you go in San Francisco to play. When they finally call, him back in like 67 this guy graham right the guy who eventually becomes the 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 big fucking concert promoter. Billy graham. bill graham yeah right bill graham presents that's right exactly okay so he brings him there and at this time bb king has no idea that this old black place that used to be just a regular mm. has now become a haven for white hippie kids yeah he doesn't know that that's a gentrification yeah, totally. right 100%. and so when he comes in so I was sitting there thinking about it, uh, Jean-Paul, and I was like, not in any intentional sense, 
but in a structural of society sense, what seems, and, and so the hippie kids, right, they're trying to overthrow their parents, mm-hmm. right, and they're taking over. Of course. Okay. But somewhere along the way, the 70s turn into the 80s, turn into the 90s, yep. and now they're encrusted. Yep. Right? Of course. And so what I realized on some level is that gentrification is what happens is you have um, like let's say the BB King crowd, they get neglected, and all of the talent and all of the authenticity and all the real shit that gets associated with a hard scrabble life or whatever you want to call it, Indian justices, whatever, that all gets sort of localized in this cultural context. That gets met up to the younger generations who want a way to overthrow the older generation and take power. They can do that. By co-opting the injustices of these people of color or whoever mm-hmm. and say, like, we're one with you, like right. hippies yeah. going to the Fillmore, so right? edge you yeah. all out. And when that happens, they stand on a moral high ground against their own parents. Totally. Right. Okay. Right. But once that power wanes, they don't relinquish and somehow the injustice, and it could be poor white Irish, poor white English, yeah. whatever yeah. injustices, all of that doesn't really get addressed. And in fact, what winds up happening is a new underclass gets created out of the younger generations of the injustice and the gentrified people become, at some point, the new ruling class. And so what really is going on is you're watching how empire, and I'm just going to keep it in America, how empire reinvents um control and subjugation that's the word control and segregation because they need it like that right it's the same families who left england who 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 you know couldn't have slaves in england anymore had to pay bigger taxes had to do all this stuff that the english government said hey you need to do you know we're stopping all this stuff so they came to america and said great we're started up here and we're going to make our own laws and you know unfortunately the rothschilds and all those families are still controlling this country today that's true and it's not it's never going to change so well i'll say this i don't know if it'll never change but up to this point it hasn't changed yeah because look i i said i don't know if i said it to you lucky but i said the other day like i think if you're 35 years of age today you're the last of the generation that grew up without a phone in your hand yeah say that again so when we so when we we all pass away and the 35 year olds in a few years you know move on everyone had a phone in their hands everybody that's not that's not a bad thing but it's a bad thing when it's been what you're saying can be controlled Oh, right. If right, we don't like right. what you're saying, we're taking it down. Right? right. So all of a sudden, if you value your likes more than freedom of speech and what you really stand for, which most people do because there's a lot right. of shallowness out right. there today. Are you kidding? The world, They're more concerned with the world. Think about it. So, so skip forward 30 years. If we don't do something to shake it up right now, we're fucked because all these people are just going to be controlled. Right. Because that's all they've ever known. Right. 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 And it comes down to likes. You like my picture, myself with the this to that, everything. Right. Like, you know, still social media is a hard ground for me to navigate because I'm not from that generation and I don't mm. really believe in it, you know, but I mm. understand the need for it. But my fear is, you know, you say something out of line and it's just, you know, shadow ban, shut down this account. You know, it's like, it's like I loved, I don't know if you watched the UFC when Paddy called out, you know, Zuckerberg, who do you want to fight next? He's the biggest crook in this world. I want to fight Zuckerberg. You shut my account down because you, you know, it's right. like, where do you, look, the, the issue that I have with these things, right? If you're, if you, if it's a publishing house and you're an editor, you have the right to edit and take out what you want, but you're not. You're a social media platform of freedom of speech. That's right. how it started. Right. So you don't have the right to edit. 
Right. You don't have the right to, to tell well, me what well, to say. Well, Jean-Paul, but you now your, they do. You had you put your finger on an interesting place where we're at in this in this country, right? So everybody knows that the part of the Constitution flows from the Magna Carta. Right. Okay. Let's not fuck around. Yeah. We do have a British uh, yeah. founding father. We also have American Indian yeah. founding father. Hey, brother. I met. I, I worked actually in hey. Montana with a great American Indian. That I want to touch on. Like, love this dude, man. All right. But. But what what I do think is interesting is just that there, there, there was a point in time where <clears throat> the constitutional provisions protected freedom of speech and da 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 da. The workaround that has been done in this country in the last I would say hundred years has been well we got private corporations they're right. not bound by the right. constitution right. yeah right but they are performing government like things. But yeah. it's owned privately. Yeah. And as a result, the government can go through all these back doors. That's why I tell Apple, you know, that's why I tell fucking Bill Gates and all these other fuckers. I'm like, every time, like every news cycle, they go, oh, that's it. We're no longer working with the government. We're shutting it all down. We're not sharing your information for real this time. Yeah. Right. But how can yeah. you ever believe totally. that? Where's the trust? You have to earn trust, right? Like, you know. You build relationships on trust and the American government, like, for instance, like my, my friends, like, you know, he's from the Bronx. He grew up in a hard time. His family, the whole thing, right? We all know the story. It's like mm. the, only, the trust that I had in my family was like, hey, put these bracelets on your ankles and get on the cruise ship. You haven't given me any trust. You fucking enslaved me. Mm -hmm. My neighborhoods are poor. You're doing mm. nothing in the schools. Mm. Look, let's, let's be honest, right? Why should Compton, Long Beach or anything be any different from West Hollywood? Let's, what's, what is stopping it from being any different? Right. Let's right. be honest. Like, why? why Chumahan says, why doesn't every kid get a fucking Princeton education? We have the ability. We that do. have the smarts out there. Of course. Right. If every, it would totally. take care of the whole problem in the United States. But the problem we is. We would be back at the top of everything if we just invested in our, and everybody got a fucking prime fucking right but you'd have you'd have you'd have the prisons would be empty of which course right. of course the army would be of one course. one man maybe right, right? right. so you're not right. Right. and the guys at the top the money wouldn't be flowing up anymore no right? so you need you need these you need the it's like the queen termite and the little termites and the ants you need the ants right you're and right they're, they're they never going to change system it. in place so they can stay up on top hey let me tell you something that's true and this is why it's such a fucking clusterfuck in the united states to a certain sense in europe all right not just england but like all of europe right england is the american indians to the roman empire really right of course okay so this empire right was ruling everything and in like let's you know like Listen, Stealing everything. Mr. and yeah. Mrs. Earbuds, listen up, right? It wasn't just the West half of like Europe. There was also the other side of the Roman Empire, which goes all the way in the East, mm. and they call it the Byzantine Empire to make it separate, but actually it was also Roman. So all these motherfuckers that walk around don't think that they're adhering to Western concepts. Yes, you are. So, so you have this setup, and so to a certain extent, you can kind of understand why in Europe there would have been kings and queens and, and, and basically those are just warlords to a certain extent. Right. Absolutely. Right. They're descendants of a system that was already in, 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 imposed on them. Then, but this is the part that, fucks, that, that pisses me off. When you get to the United States, you got a lot of people from Europe who are like, I'm done with that. Like, fuck that. I'm not going to do it. And so they try to set up this representative government, and they did study Rome when they did it. It's why it's called the American Senate. 
because mm-hmm. they were concerned with the concept. How do we create that cool shit? At least that's what they thought. Uh, uh, before there was emperors, because Rome itself was, I wouldn't say it was democratic by any means, but it was a republic, right? And the whole idea was we got the Senate, no one man controls anything. So they try to set that all up here. Now what drives me fucking nuts is that you have people in the American system trying to create shadow kings. Right. Like, like Zuckerberg, right? It's just, I, it gets me to the point where my head almost explodes because I'm like, how do you not see that Warren Buffett is a shadow king? How do you not Bezos. see that? Yeah, Bessos. Why do you even believe he actually did what he said he did? How the fuck? Elon Musk, we had this. Dude, there's this Mm -hmm. comedian that was talking about Elon Musk, and he was like, this guy... Right, you understand he didn't actually make Tesla, right? You get that, right? Yeah, he comes just from took the name. Exactly, yeah. he came from a gem yeah. family in South totally. Africa. Totally, bought into it. Yeah. And this is Stav- Stavros Halkius, greatest comedian of all time. My new, my new hero in comedy. This guy's fucking hilarious. Fat, looks kind of like a fucking. What's the guy that with the watermelon and he hits it with the fucking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that Gallagher. guy? Gallagher. Gallagher. He looks like a like Roseanne Barr and Gallagher had a kid and it was raised by an apple fritter. That's what he looks like. The guy's a fucking GI to who doesn't? Fuck me. Hey, listen, apple fritter, king of donuts. Anyway, so the point of the matter is, is like, and even that Zuckerberg movie, I was like, how are people believing that a nerd mm-hmm. in Harvard, in the nerve cell of where all this intelligence and all the people come from, how do they believe that this single guy created this thing that eventually got people to self-report information to the government on his behalf yeah. for likes? Yeah. Right? Or you would take the facebook quiz and that would give them the right to like get all your thousands of friends information you just right. sign away your likes but the issue is <laughs> like, i'm absolutely like agreeing with you but my issue Go. is is that where do we get the people seeing it differently you have to there has to be some change where people can see you know like all of a sudden it's it what what happens it becomes convenience amazon would deliver stuff to your door right, right? Mm-hmm. so all of a sudden he's the king of whatever now right right zuckerberg i can reach out to this and you know right. it, 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 like it's very a lot of it's ego driven but a lot of it is like you know self-need driven right i don't want to yeah. go down the street you know and here i can just get it ordered or, or anything like that without by and you don't see the destruction you're doing by by buying into that so right. we're at a place that's why i keep going to 30 years from now. That's when it's really bad because that's we we know the difference here. Yes. But, but unless we educate our children and you know even that's tough because they're in their own world. You know, they grow up, they've got their own agenda. They've right. got their own business or they what what happens on social media. So how do you how do you inspire people not to shop on Amazon? How do you get people to turn off their Facebook? How do you get people to not buy into all this Instagram stuff? Or it, that's the I issue. Agree, I agree with you there, Jean Paul, because it's kind of like television. Because I'm old enough to remember when people thought television was evil. Yeah. And then it just took over everything. Yeah. Right. And the same thing with the phone. I can, I'm old enough to remember when people looking at their phone was disturbing to other people. Like, engage. You're not giving yeah. me eye contact. Yeah. Now nobody gives a fuck. Everyone's yeah. like, I don't I, even want to look still at your do. I tell my kids, I'm talking to you. I'm right, right. here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. There's going to be a generation so insulated from that. What's their point of reference going to be? How are they going to deal with that? So my thinking is, I don't think that we can 
I don't think we can preserve it any more than the American Indians could have preserved their old way of life. So we have to grab hold of the technology and make it our own. Yeah, and use it for what we need it for. Right. Whatever but, we want. Right. But, but for like what we're like, doing right here. Yeah, that's right? exactly what I was going to say. Like, like platforms like this where you still have a voice because yeah. there are a lot of people out there trying to change things and make things better. So it, it's just worrisome. I get, I get worried for the future. You know, you, you know I love... You know, I'm always have a great outlook about things to come and the universe providing. But sometimes I get a little bit scared. But my kids say to me sometimes, Dad, don't worry, because a lot of guys are out there speaking and doing this and doing that. So maybe I'm just maybe I have it wrong. You know, maybe you're getting old. Fucking. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I look in the mirror hey, and know, I'm like, maybe I'm just an old out the cock yeah. fucking bullshit. Oh, you yeah. pull your back and your mate goes, how'd you pull your back? And I went fucking reaching for a teacup. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like exactly. hey, put the teacups on the fucking bottom shelf. Like, yeah, I was exactly. laid up for a week. When I did that, yeah, 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 yeah. and above the head, forget yeah. it, you know. Fuck, so bad. But I worked with a Native American when I was in Montana. I'd, you like, did, yeah. It was the most a lot under- of us out there. Yeah, well, you know what's crazy? I mean, you probably know this. That so, when I was up there, I was working. I had this breakdown. I just wanted to go to the mountains and just chop wood to see if I could fix my head, and it, it didn't. But God damn, I ended it's up like Rocky Balboa. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was crazy. Was shit. that Rocky Four? What happened, man? First, oh, get to the Indian, but tell me what goes on, because that I feel like there's a lot of fat dudes with beards that are like, man, if I could just get to the mountains and chop wood. Yeah, you know, and you know what's actually surprising is that Montana is actually a cool space. Like I thought it was going to be pretty rednecky, but right. there's some pretty smart people up there who've moved from like New York, California, Europe, and right. good American people up there. Uh, mm. But the coolest cat I met up there was a Native American because I was working on. I, I I wanted to stay busy, so I took this job on this construction site and they it was we were well they were I don't know what the fuck I was doing there. They <laughs> they were remodeling this high school, right? Yeah. And like I was out of my mind. I was literally do 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 so I was so out of my mind in this breakdown. Before I left LA I checked into Cedars. I go, I'm not thinking right. It was after my sister died and my dad died and oh, I lo- okay. I lost the plot, man. I was fucking in the corner. I wouldn't eat, do nothing. Right. No self help book. Self help books are great, but not when you're already fucked. Right. You gotta read almost them before make you feel fucked. worse. Yeah, don't yeah, you're fucked. Right. I was fucked. Right. So I was like <laughs> I was like, some dude had to drive me to Montana because I was so fucked. And all the way up I'm thinking, I hope I don't murder this guy. That's a <laughs> <laughs> that's how fucked my mind. You know what? That, that's it's called like, a Sunday yeah, drive yeah, for me. Yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I feel. Oh, I hope I don't murder you. So I was in. I went to Cedars before I left, and I, I walked into Cedars, and I like, I <laughs> they, they give me this fucking questionnaire, this mental health questionnaire. I was in the mental psychiatric unit at Cedars. Yeah, yeah, so they, yeah. they're like, first of all, I just walked in. I look normal. They, right. But you know, and they're like, fill this out. I'm like. I hit like every question except for one. The only one I didn't hit was, do you think about death all the time? And that came two weeks later. Mm-hmm. If I'd have waited two weeks, I would have fucking nailed the test. Right, right? The A thing. plus, double plus. So they, they were like, great. Yeah, um, they, they, they <laughs> talked to my old lady. They're like, oh yeah, we, he's, we're gonna, um, he's a uh, Yeah, he's a loony bin, we're putting him in. He's here. a cognitive, cognitive threat to himself and everybody else. Wow. So they called me postal. Right, and they were like, they were like, we need to get him in here. So every time I so in, he can either yeah. be strapped down here yeah. in a four point restraint, or he can join crazy. the Taliban. And they let me walk the out, right? Which right. is crazy. So I walk out, and I'm like, and, but I, but it wasn't, I wasn't gonna hurt anybody. But when you have a breakdown, it goes dark. Right. So, so yeah. what if this? Sure. What if that? Yeah. What if Sean's this, still right? in a breakdown right Great, now. Great, Sean. He's keep walking, dark. baby. No, All no, I can no, say, no, no, no. very creative space. For so this I man. end up in Montana, 
And it's just getting worse because I'm thinking chopping wood's going to help, but it doesn't. I've like <laughs> chopped every fucking tree down in Montana. <laughs> Montana's right. completely now I'm looking all their topsoil. All their topsoil has been washed away. Yeah. Now I'm looking for guns. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so I'm up in my, honestly, I was going to shoot myself in the foot and, and my old lady goes, maybe just go to work. I'm like, yeah, just I'll just go to work. So I end up going to work on this construction site, pissing with rain, gray as fuck. I don't mind that. I grew up in right, London. London. But I'm not in my right mind. Right. And I'm on the site and I just go to the site and I spend maybe three or four hours of my working day yeah. on the phone having people calm me down, talking to because I'm out my head, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And I meet this Native American guy. He's the only one. So yeah. for every 50 white workers, they have to hire a Native American in Montana. Right. You probably know these laws, right? Yeah, yeah. So we start talking and it's really sad. I don't remember his name. And he's like, so what's up? <laughs> and he's fucking massive. First of all, he looked like the, the cat from... Um, from a go one flew over the cuckoo's No, he looks like the cat from... Uh, yeah, good one. He looks like the cat from... Uh, do you remember the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator movie? The big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love big that like guy. Him. That big guy's like awesome. Him, right, right? right. So he's like, what's up? So I told him, he's like, cool, just hang out with me. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, if you're my friend, they can't fire you. If you're like, my friend, what? they can't fire yeah. you? He's like, right. they can't fire me and they will not fire you. No. So I just spent, literally, I just spent like a fucking month just hanging out with this dude. Like we would just sit on ladders and like sit on buckets and go to eat or whatever. It was all, right. I was all at my box, the whole thing, but it was just cool, comforting because I'll drive to work. I don't even know how I drove there. <laughs> just, like I just knew he would be there. Right. right? right. So I would right. have to be on the phone to someone calling him for four hours because I was out my box and uh he was the coolest cow I'd ever met, man. Yeah. He didn't do fuck all either. I'm just going to let you know. No, no, he's <laughs> not a mafia. He did like, nothing. Show up and and he, you know, he was he paid top to. dollar. <laughs> no, he didn't have to do anything. Right. It was like, I think he was were, probably, his attitude was like, well, they fucking stole they, all they, this shit. Fuck it, this is back rent. They were losing $70 an hour on me and him. You know yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, you sure we're going to get a check? You know, he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get fired. But the coolest cat, man. So after a month, I was, I don't I didn't show up anymore. And it took a minute for me. took like three years to get through that that experience but no medication no nothing I, you know I what ultimately i mean and for real for real people who are really thinking what ultimately pulls you through the the mental space that you were in caused by shit life has these fucked up things yeah. that happen there's no easy answer for yeah. any of it how what pulled you through for real um first of all i i acknowledge that sometimes people's stresses even though they can look really small it could be affecting them in a really mega way, sure. right? Because everybody thinks it has to be a mega thing. Mm -hmm. For me, I look at mine, I went, oh, my dad died. My sister committed suicide. All this shit lost the plot. But what pulled me through was that, and I attributed it a lot to where I grew up. I got to a point where I was sick of feeling like it and it became a fight, right? So mm. it, it, my, I always remember it was like, <clears throat> I wasn't put on earth to go out this way. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out sane. Right. So I made it a war to keep walking. And, you know, I would have a fucking toolbox of mantras you know i'd get shit non when i say 24 hours a day coming through my head like yeah. it was i didn't want to kiss my kids good night because i'd know that this fucker on tv suffocated his kids i didn't want to be look at a tall uh, building because I, I thought i'd jump out i didn't want to drive yeah. my car i thought i'd run people down i was fucked yeah right? right and i really did need to be sedated and brought back to a level space but i was probably lucky they didn't sedate me because they couldn't figure out what I needed. And the, the, right. the shrinks they were trying to get in a room with me, couldn't, not, they couldn't all be in the same room at the same time. They were waiting on like seven shrinks. Maybe three would be there. And I'd go up to show up at Cedars and they'd be talk me through shit. And in the end, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, these, I'd go to therapy, I'd go to see a psychiatrist, I'd go here. But after now, I'm fucking back out in the real world. Right. Right. These guys aren't holding my hands. Right. right. 
you know, and there was a couple of really powerful, cool dudes I met, like this one guy in Hollywood named Robert Lorenz. He was an energy worker. He would just like press me and my body would start like almost like being put into a fucking socket. You just vibrate and he'd wrap me up in a blanket and he'd just leave the room for an hour. And I used to say to him, I go, Robert, what if I fucking, you know, I just want to let you know I'm thinking, what, I hope I don't murder you. He goes, murder me? He was a big dude. He, his job, he said, was that people used to call him, right, who were postal, and he would talk him into either taking it, putting the gun down or turning the shit on himself. He dealt with, like, prisoners, convicts, guys who were really in a bad way. But I don't know if he's still out there, but I referred a few people to him because he didn't talk to you. He literally brought you in a safe space mm-hmm. and... um did energy work on you and just left you. But I realized even going to him, I had to, sit, I had to drive to him, which was a, a really, it's hard for you if you haven't been in this space to realize everyone just jumps in a car, it's LA. But when you're out of your box and you think, fuck, I hope I don't run anybody down and you're driving for 30 minutes up Lower Canyon, that's all you're thinking about. <laughs> then you get to the cat's house, you just want to hide in there all day and after right, an hour, right, right, while right. I'm in there. I don't, fu- think, people, I don't yeah. think people that have experienced this know what you're talking about. You know, no, but, but, but Jean-Paul is bringing out a reality of life that kind of, it makes sense that we are in denial about, which is... You get on a fucking freeway, you just assume everyone's following and totally. acting the same as you. But, but it's, there's that cat over there, the English cat in that car, the Great Britain stick. It's fucking out of his box. Right. Like get there's somebody that's like, what if I just drive into oncoming but, headlights? But you know what's crazy, right? So, so that statement right there, like my wife used to say to me, well, I always thought like that. And I was like, I've never had that thought. But after, right. like, I look, my sister died, took her life at 34. I didn't even know I was mortal. I just thought I was going to live forever because I never thought about death. I never thought about this is a life and it's a one shot or two shot deal, whatever how you look at it. Mm. I never thought about it. I was too busy doing other things. Right. And then when after she passed away and then I had a breakdown, my dad died. Then all of a sudden you're in a really black space and then you go, I remember sitting in the cinema going, I couldn't even watch a film. I just thought about everyone in here is going to die. Right. 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 And all of a sudden then it was consumed, like, that, that questionnaire. Do you think about death? It was you. nonstop, right? And right. and then I didn't see the reason to eat. I didn't see the reason to prolong it, and it didn't. None of it makes sense. And I always fucking kick myself because during that whole process, which lasted about three years, I actually found out the meaning of life, but I didn't write it down. So and I try to like recapture it, talking to it with my son, and I have all these like experiences because you go through such a dark space and then a little bit of light, and then. You know, hey, today I didn't have a weird thought. Oh, fuck, now I'm thinking about not having a weird thought. Then you're back thinking weird thoughts. And it's like this whole process. But, you know, like a, like, and I was gone, but like a broken bone heals, your mind will heal too, but you have to be able to get it through that space because a lot of people can't do it. A lot of people check out, they take meds that help make them check out the side effects, crazier. You know, drink beer, do drugs, whatever it is. But you can't, you can't really, you, you can't you know, get through it unless you, you walk get, through it. Yeah, you got to walk through it. And my whole thing was I'm going to just keep walking and it's like, you know, one day I'm going to be able to help other people. And, you know, I always had these things fucking, you know, I'd get these thoughts. I'd be like, fuck that. Been there, done that. And like people would, I could go into a room and I, I learned at first. I just want to, I thought everybody knew what was in my head, but they did it. And I would clear a room in 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to, I'm just going to go in there and try to pretend mm-hmm. that I'm not thinking these things because they don't need to know. This is on me. Right. That cat's not going to hold my hand. I, right. This is a 24-hour day thing on me. So hmm. you just, you grab onto the thing like you, you, it's fight or flight. Like after that, after that breakdown, like I always say, am I the guy who's going to run into the building or the guy running out? Right. Before I would have probably run out. Now I'm running in and that's the truth because yeah. it, it changes you. 
Yeah. You know, there's nothing like holding your own mortality. You know, it's fragile. There was one day when I was about to check out because I was gone. You don't, you, but you know you're not thinking right. Like when you have a breakdown, there's some people walking around who think they're Jesus. I, right. knew, I, had a, I knew I was in a breakdown. Right. That, and it wasn't even a breakdown. It was a spiritual awakening. I went, you know, I, I started to realize it was, I needed to be a, woken the fuck up. Right. Right. I needed to be a better person. And I always thought I was a good person, but I needed to, and I've, I lo- I've met so many people who go through the same things. And if you, before then, I wouldn't even know they were in it. I wouldn't have been able to give them a word of advice or to tell them, you know, give them a, a tool to keep walking. Right. Right. But, right. you know, going through it, scary as can be and i always say i wish everybody in this world would have a breakdown except my kids mm-hmm. because you learn a lot right yeah, but fuck i don't do. want them to go no. to that yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? because, but because it's the only way to learn yeah, it's, but the, it's only the only way, way to learn you don't want your kid to bust his ass yeah right but busting his ass yeah. is the only way to and go you know learn. what's yeah. fucked up is there's an element that is out of your control Abs- it's all out of your control right so if your child Right. So if your child goes through it because you know it's good for them to go through it, the reality for every parent, I got a two and a half year old, reality for every parent is that there's a pe- they might not make it through. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But and I like, that's scary. It is scary. But I like what you said, you know, the element of out of control. Because what I realized, I realized that I, through the whole process, is that once I started to realize I have no control, I have a choice, right? I have a right. choice to get through this. I can choose left, right, yes or no. Mm. But there's, I, you, we have no control in life. And right. I think when you get to a point of you realize you have no control, then you start to live free. And like, I think for, ev- I think for everybody I talk to, or even people listening, it's like, I think once you, if you can really understand that the control is not in our hands. Like you just give it up to whatever you believe in, God, the spirit guide, whatever it is, the universe, and you have yeah. you don't have this control. Look, fuck, we could walk out, uh, a truck could come through this window right now, we're done. Right. Right? Yeah. We, we have no control about what happens to us, but we can make choices. Are they going to be good choices or are they going to be bad choices? But you know two what? different things. Control and choice is two different things. I want to throw, yeah, it is. And I want to throw this over to Sean because Sean is actually a spiritual guru. Love he, it. He was for 10 days. Don't shake the head, Sean. Yeah, you know look, you look at this guy. Look at it. this fucking yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Very sensitive nipples this man. <laughs> so he, he, <laughs> he did Vipassana for 10 days, no speaking, and stayed with the no speaking, even That's though a very great. large Asian woman farted during yeah. one of the things, right? <laughs> Isn't that true? Am I lying? No, you're, you're not lying. Okay, so the Oscar goes to. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, no tell, I tell him about that one part of it, and that's, he, he, that's the, the morsel yeah. he grabs. Yeah. Because I'm a sick man. Yeah. That's why. And yeah. I love farts, and I'm yeah. not going to lie about it. All right, go ahead. Please, sir. Well, You've, what would you like me to talk about? Jean-Paul has just laid out, I think, really, which is the human condition. Yeah. And you heard about yeah. mind and all these other things. Yeah. What are you taking away? What would you say, oh, oh guru, God, blue so eyes? Many, so many deep things to say yes please no i i would um thank you that was lucky was okay no 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 i'm just kidding go 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 now he's mad now he's mad what lucky was getting at is like man you can talk to your kids all day long and they probably aren't gonna listen to to fucking words he's still under the idea that he thinks he's gonna control and he's gonna you know i think i'm gonna be a good a good role model not control right right, right. i I think you got what you want but But i think talking (laughs) talking to them Talking to your kids does have an effect. No, no, no. Right? no like, I'm not talking to yeah. her. I haven't spoken a word yeah. to her. No, I keep no, her in no, a no, bubble, no, no. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get no, rid of that I bubble. Just, <laughs> yeah. I just hear my partner yeah. 
sometimes concerned with how he's going to manage I think about this it. situation. I think, I think about, about it, wait, too. Wait, listen. I think about it, too. Manage the situation yeah. moving forward. Yeah. I do, too. Right. <laughs> but I've come to understand that I could spend all my time mm -hmm. working on how I'm going to do this. But I forget that that person's their own human being, and they're going to make their own fucking and, decision, and bro. And sometimes, and a lot of times, are smarter than us, right? You know, too. Right. Well, we forget that because yeah. we're their parents. We always think we, we think we know yeah. everything, but right. we don't right. sometimes. Right. right. Well, you know, I'm right. obviously right. very humble about yeah. what I know. We all know yeah. that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he knows what's best for everything and everything. Uh, even this green screen right here. He liked us a little more if we acted like. I him. was actually thinking, and I borrow that later. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So, we, we've heard about the, you went to the mountain. Yeah. Right? You came down with the stone tablets. Mm -hmm. And now you're d directing cookies, you know, weed commercials. You've come, you come away with some very interesting insights. What I really want to know, though, because, and I've been, you know, I'm not an attractive man necessarily, yeah. but that's all right. I don't know. I mean, that, no, you know, no, 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 no. I'm being honest. No, no, like, no. no, I mean, no I'm ahead. being honest, too. Yeah. No, I've I, I fucked. I'm not saying I yeah. haven't got what happened. I had to do it through personality shit. You, know you mean? shouldn't. But also, you should, no, you should not. I always say you should not judge yourself. That's for other people. If somebody says, "Oh, you're unattractive," I'm not sitting at this restaurant with you. Then yet, that's different. But you can't. You don't take anything away from yourself. Let other let other people, if they want to be naive, do it. Right. But it's but, not, but but Jean Paul. Yeah. Your name yeah. is Jean Paul. You remind me actually of the cat who was in um, Forty Eight Hours, the villain. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, <man. laughs> Come on, man. Oh, the hobgoblin? Great. No, William Defoe's a good looking man. Dude, he's got That's a man. His wife would agree with you. Okay. William Defoe in his youth was like, wait, fucking right. that guy. I love guys who are like not your. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Only a... yeah. You could have played the hunchback in Notre Dame. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, actually, what's that you in the hunchback elephant? in Notre Dame? Yeah, you were an elephant man. You would yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was no, great, John yeah. Hurt. <laughs> yeah. No, but my, but, but that's it. But, and so this yeah. is where I'm gonna go. Then let's come on. Let's stop bullshitting each other, right? I know you were you you swung a hammer with an American Indian up in Montana. Oh, kudos. Yeah. <laughs> or was it a uh, tomahawk? I right, tomahawk, <laughs> peace yeah. pipe, whatever. Sounds like he didn't swing anything. Fuck. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. swung yeah. his yeah. dick around and yeah. probably hit right. some hot chicks up yeah. there. Yeah. All right, now listen. There's a few up there. Mm, only a few. But now listen. There's no way your name is Jean-Paul. No. And no way that you have a British accent that you don't come to Los Angeles and fuck just about every hot chick within a two feet radius. For sure. Right? I mean, yeah, you no, probably earn... Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Am I wrong? Yeah. Steve? Yeah. And then Steve's yeah. a coxman. Yeah. He's also yeah. a coxman. And if yeah. Steve says this you're the type of guy yeah. that fucking pussy will run up yeah. to him at the gas station, yeah. right? Putting gas in the car <laughs> and want to throw their number out. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. okay. He's I'm not kidding. Like, and if he opens up his mouth, they're gonna undress and get right in the car with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on, bro. Don't, don't they they might, and then with all due respect, they might yeah. clean the windows. And then a few with times. all due respect, if his wife walked in here right now, yeah, of course, you guys would all fall down, and you've seen her all. Over yeah. fucking every commercial. Is that right? There. Yeah, he took down one of the most beautiful women in the he world, bro. And right, that right, kid right, took right, down. Right, right. Why don't you know about how you I met was Tiffany? at a party? The I night. love that story of how you met Tiffany. Yeah, it was so. Good. Share that. Share a that. Hot, yeah. a hot shout out to Tiff. Oh, shout out to Tiff. Yeah, God bless you. Won the husband lottery. Yeah. Let's go, okay. please, yeah. Jean Paul. So we the constant extraordinary. Yeah, totally. This is makes and so. <laughs> I she's used to, a great woman. Too. I used to, I'm an amazing mother. Yeah, she's a fucking. She's a fucking woman. G, yeah. bro. Yeah, she is. She like Jessica. She loves. Dude. I remind yeah, her yeah, of Jessica, no, like, like the, solid, solid. Yeah. 
no compromise. Yeah. Just a solid mom. Yeah. All good, right. So how does it go? Good woman. All right. So it goes, I was in London and I was making a little bit of money modeling and that's how I would have traveled the world. Modeling. Yeah, but broke. Right, but right. no, now, but model broke. was telling no, me about... Wait, uh, but wait, but right. broke. Like, no wasn't really successful, but I was making money, right? right? And then I ended up on a... I ended up on a Levi's job in San Francisco, right? Levi's. Right, from London. And it was kind of cool. And like the, the photographer was this really cool cat from Denmark, right? Pierre right. Winter. Demented uh -huh. fucking drug user. We'd party like crazy, right? right. Hey, Paul, can you get me some ecstasy? I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking, yeah, 50 bucks a hit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's making more Pierre from Winter. him on drugs yeah, yeah. than I was getting paid on the job, right? Right. right. So he goes, he goes, so we, we do like this weak job. And in San Francisco, I know everybody. So we're out partying every night and the whole shit. And he's like, um, here's a crazy thing about that, that job. I, I was, uh, Stefan was up there with House of Pain at the same time. Oh, okay. so, my God. But So check this shit out. So he's like, I've got this job two weeks in Mexico. Do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, right? He's like, okay, so um, we're looking for two girls still. You choose one and I'll choose one. So I go up to the fucking hotel room and it's like a thousand composites. Remember the old day you had composites? Yes, all the cars. All these amazing looking birds. Like right, right, fucking right. on the floor. I'm like, Pierre, I get to choose one? He's like, Paul, go ahead, Paul, take one. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Listen, ladies, this is how it really goes down. This is yeah. how it should go You got guys on right. ecstasy what? or whatever. Hey, I've only got myself to blame when shit goes wrong, right? Right. Door number two. So... Take him responsibility. I like it. Right? <laughs> so two, there's two birds that are super stunning, right? So I pick them both. So he gets on the phone. So Tiffany's the first one because her eyes are popping out of this fucking composite card. Right. She can't do the job. She's busy, like, shooting all this other shit. Right. right. And this other bird maybe can do it, mm. right? So now we're waiting, right, mm -hmm. for this other bird to see if she could do it. And then, like, two days later, they call back. They're like, actually, the job for Tiffany's got pushed back. She can do it. Great. Bam. So she gets a job. He chooses his bird, right? This mm. fucking fly-ass fucking chick from New York. Stunning. Right? Mm. So we fly down to Mexico City, me, him, and, and the other guy, and we go to the hotel. So everyone starts coming in over the next few days, like 11 people coming in from Italy, from all over to do the job. And he's like, will you go to the, hotel, to the airport and pick everybody up? I'm like, yeah, fuck. So he's like, take a proper taxi. So I... I I was like, fuck, dude. I was like, get this Mexican cat with a big old, like, what? And they're like, they, that was like Uber before Uber. Right. They're like, right. go get in those guys' cars. I'm like, I can make money in these guys' cars. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we'd go, I'd drive to the fucking airport, be like, wait right here, right? I'd go inside. You'd get all these high end Italian clients from the magazine, and like, they got to get in this fucked up shitty old car. <laughs> You know when you're dragging you're like, give people. Give me twenty. Give me yeah. twenty. Give me twenty. And you're still walking because they right. can't park right outside the airport. You got to like walk around some side streets and get right. them in the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks fucked up, right? right? But I was making it was sketch. like it's sketch because I went to Mexico City with no, maybe four dollars in my pocket. Right, right, I right. knew I was gonna get paid from Levi's, which came right at the end of that trip. Mm. So I bring in everyone. The last, the last two two people to come in is the girl Pierre, picked and Tiffany. Mm. So I go to pick up the girl Pierre picked up, right? No disrespect, but I was like, fuck, there's some good photographers out there. Right. Like, they made her look good. Fuck, dude. He's going to be so disappointed. <laughs> right. Like, right. fucking. Right. So she. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Man, bro. It was so fucked up. Okay. So she goes back. Then, and then the last tip comes in last. And I, I see her through the airport. I'm like, fucking stunning. Right. Like she's just like beaming. Mexico City Ooh. Airport. Boo. I'm like, this And is... does everybody, just can everyone. Oh, everybody's looking at her. Oh, right. yeah, she's stunning. Brother. She's fucking she's stunning. Psych. She's living in a different yeah, dimension than everybody. She's party. Yeah, she she's cool as fuck, right? Right. And then so I'm waiting for her, and then all of a sudden it's like. Wait, wait, wait. How do you keep your, I mean, you, you, you're you usually the stunner. That's I'm not like, bullshit. It's going to be cool. Two weeks in Mexico. Of that. So now the real stunner comes. 
right? Stunning. Do you get nervous? I mean, how do you, are, or are you past that? You're a No, you're she's a, coming through. And I, yeah, I'm not past it. I'm like, this, all I'm thinking about, fuck, she's like, I, I'm just like, I hope, she, you know what it was? I was there so anticipating her coming through because I picked her, right? Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I might have even washed that day when I went to pick her up. Oh, like, right, yeah. right, right. Fucking right, all right. these other people. I might have actually taken a shower. There was, you know, um, you know Big Rudy, Rudy DeRoy. Yeah, right? oh, yeah, he was yeah. on the job. Big Rudy and his wife was on the job. And <laughs> like crazy shit. Like, um, yeah, so she was just like everything that I saw. And, and an even better person. You know, so it was the coolest time. But getting back to a Stefan. So I'm up in the bay. And right as I'm about to cut out, right, I hook up with a Stefan. He's like, yo, yo, um, take this Sade fucking. Uh, it was the album Cherish Today, you know. Remember the one that came out with oh, all yeah. the fucking crazy deep love songs on it? He's like, here you go, I got you a copy because he went to the concert or some shit. I'm like, all right, I'm going to Mexico, right? So I go down to Mexico. <laughs> and so I'm just playing this motherfucker all day long back when you had a CD player. Right. right? Uh, you know? The walk Disc man. man. Yeah, so like this whole job goes down. We're kind of biting heads. It's a bit weird. You, you know, everyone's like fucking whatever. And then, and then this is what... There you go. Threw me right back to right, fucking right. Tulum on the beach. Right, 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 right. Before, before everyone else knew about so Tulum. So it was kind Come of, fu- yeah, there was nothing in Tulum. This right. Was 1990, right. This Virgin was 19- Tulum. This was 1992. Yeah, right. none of this fucking So bullshit. we end up going on the pyramids in Tulum that look right out on the beach, right? Sorry. And the, the photographer's like, just go up on the top of the pyramid and make out. And you know what's fucked, right? Is that. With Tiffany. Yeah, but I would have loved to have been in the mindset now because I'd really love to see them pyramids and experience that. Power right, but you're young. Hey, but don't, you're young. Don't, don't break totally. down from so, the excitement no, wait, with so we're up on this fucking, shit. We're on. up on this. We're up on this top <laughs> of this damn. pyramid, right? <laughs> we're living the photographer's you. there, like doing his thing, and then we just, it, you, you just forget that he ain't there. Right, right. <laughs> motherfucker ain't there. And you hear like, that? You hear that? And then it's just on, right? And then like, we, we end up. You guys start making out? You guys start yeah, we do all this fucking making out. On a my pyramid hand, fucking, in I got pictures of me, like, it, they ended up in a magazine of my hand up a skirt, but, like, fucking full on, laying on the top of this sacred pyramid, right? <laughs> I love the way you just put that music on. Yeah, I'm yeah. out, guys. Please, no, no, come Mexico. on. <laughs> <laughs> fucking back down. But, so Take check it out. Then. So, um, Did you fall down the steps? No. Right? <laughs> I think she had to help me down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we're on the aeroplane coming back to LA, and I'm thinking, fuck, it's just over, because I'm going back to London, right? And right. we're on the... It's Christmas Day, and we're on this Mexicana Airlines, and there's like 10 people on it, right? And everyone's sitting at the front of the airline, and they have the doors open over the wings, and it's like right where I am, right? And I look up in the door, kid you not, it's full of fucking duct tape. And I'm like, I go, Tiff, like, I ain't flying this airline, right? She goes, why? I go, look, and it's... And, and she's like, no, it's going to be cool. I'm like, it's fucking duct tape inside the door. <laughs> so the dude comes over, this luck, it's... Honestly, God's true. He's trying to slam the door and it ain't shutting. It's just bouncing back up, bouncing back up. And it's Christmas Day. It's like 95 degrees. I was stoned as fuck. I hooded out like a fucking rat, right, in mm-hmm. the winter. And I go, I just get up my seat. And I never travel with a check bag. I'm always a carry-on dude, right? So I just grab my carry-on <laughs> shit. I'm like, and, and now we've taxied out. And we're on the runway and we're moving, right. right? The fucking thing's ready to take off. And I just get out my seat and I go, stop the plane. And they're like, what? I go, stop the plane. I want to get off. Like, it's a fucking bus right. or a taxi, right? They're like, sit down, sit down. I said, I ain't fucking sitting down. So I, I start running around like the mm. front of the plane. <laughs> no lie. And they're trying to catch me. There's like two. And, oh, sorry. Before that, they were spraying fucking air freshener inside, like with the, from the can. And you couldn't breathe. So I was like, I fucking tripped out. I'm like, get me off this plane. So they're chasing me around. Can't get me off the plane. I'm like, hey, sit down, sit down. We can't take off. I said, well, you fucking don't take off. Stop the plane. So I run up into the cabin, 
right? The, the cockpit. Back right. then it was open. And when I look back on it now, right, I felt like I went through beads. You know what I mean? Like, you know when you're in a restaurant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it was like that fucked up. Like, I was going into the right, back right. of some restaurant. Right. And I roll up into the fucking like cockpit. And reading. there's this little fucking pilot, right? He's probably about this big, right? <laughs> Uh, with two kids strapped in there. What? No. No lie. Right, the navigator. Fuck, dude, with all these buttons around them. Right, so they're like four and five years of age. And, and I'm like, yo, stop the pain. And he turns around. He's shocked, right? And, I, and so we, like, him and I get into it, right? One of my children. He, totally. He's, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing in it? This pain's unsafe. And he's like, it's not unsafe. I wouldn't be taking my niece and nephew. It was unsafe. I'm like, niece and nephew, where's the co-pilot, motherfucker? Right? It's just him. Like, and I swear to God, I, don't, I think he was sitting on like three cushions to see out the window yeah. and shit. And I'm like, dude, stop the plane. He's like, no. So after like fucking no. 10 minutes, they stop the plane. They, they make this stupid announcement. Everyone knows it's me because we're all at the front of the plane. Yeah, we have a sick passenger on board. No, it's me freaking out. So they take me, take us back to the gate, right? Yeah. And I've got my shit on and I'm just ready to go. I'm like, you can stay here with me or you can take the plane. I'm getting off, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt good because they'd sent me down that Levi's money. I'll drive my ass back if I have to. I've right. got a pocket full of cash, right? <laughs> so they take me back to the gate. Cocky because you got Cocky money Cocky as fuck. Yeah, yeah. But I just want to get off. Right. This shit ain't right. Yeah. Duct tape, right? <laughs> so they open, they open, they take it back to the gate where we've, thing they open the the door there's fucking police firemen they jump on me right tackle me to the ground right right like i'm fucking freaking out now even more right like i'm trying to get up like, i can't get up there's like two there might have been two people on me but in my mind it's like fucking a thousand right she's screaming get she's calm she's grabbed her right. shit and got off the plane right like, oh this right. girl's right. cool yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> like fuck she's with me man yeah she's like get off of him get off and they do take my blood pressure it like blows up the fucking thing so it's so high and they, they realize dude let him off let him off. So they, they let me off. And then now we're stuck through immigration because we've checked in. They've taken us back to the same gate. So now we can't get out. Do you understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because this is all when you check in, you have to, you, when they arrive, you go through a different thing. Yeah, so administrative me, totally, segregation. Yeah, totally. So right. we sit at the bar, me and her, right? Not a word said. Just laughing about what has happened, getting hammered. As one does. Right? And then we just like take her we rent a car a jeep and mm -hmm. we just drive back into the town and we stay like another week just me and her and like from that point it was cool but that fucking if it probably wasn't for mexicana airlines we wouldn't have been together right shout out to mexicana airlines 99 dollars down to match, mexico city yeah, yeah matchmaker yeah yeah, matchmakers. yeah, yeah. that's the way things work out and you guys right? fell in love in mexico He's on point, this guy back there. Yeah, yeah. Old blue yeah, yeah. Probably came back to LA. It was around. We went up to the Bay. It was New Year's Eve. Mm. And my mates were doing parties and stuff. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was a good time. And Stefan was dating this girl at the same time. So we would kind of hang out. I think you Rachel. and Jessica. Yeah, mm. Rachel, you and Jessica. Yeah, it was good times back then. Yeah. Man, like, Jean Paul, I really yeah. thought that the end yeah. of the story was going to be we got in the Jeep and drove back. The next day we got a call and that Mexicana airline had gone down. I'm so glad it didn't happen. Of course, I'm but so it would have made a very good story. Uh, for, uh, for, uh, I, I for, don't know who for. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going I'm to agree to disagree on that For one. the listeners. Yeah. Right. It would have been a good story for listeners. Right. Oh, yeah, so I'm I'm like, check the newspaper yeah. the next day and <laughs> fuck me. Did you see the headline? <laughs> Yeah. And we knew then that we were meant to be really together. Who yeah. brings two children like that age in the... You know, maybe they're flying now. Maybe they're, you know. Like I don't know, but, you know, my wife is Guatemalan, and we I know a lot of Latin people, family members now. They bring their kids everywhere. Yeah, I mean, totally. it doesn't, 
<laughs> they'll be like in the helicopter and the co-pilot <laughs> right, thing. Right, right, they'll yeah. be whatever, strapped to the top of the oh, car, yeah. just driving down. No, it's different. You wouldn't care. You'd be like, great, bring him, you know? Mm. You but, probably wouldn't even be able to stand up and act crazy now because of 9-11. Oh, you'd be fucked. Oh, bro, there'd be like some air marshal would have yeah. fucking shot you oh, before. Oh, some passengers would jump on you. But right. hey, you know what's crazy about it? Yeah. All the other passengers, and I say all, like 10 or 12 of them, maybe sure. 15 max, yeah. they kind of thought, fuck, dude, maybe we should all get off. Of but course, right? Because this dude's like tripping, right? Right? But Maybe he knows something we don't. But it just—it just goes to show you the power of duct tape, though, huh? Like when you really think about fucking how good duct tape. They had everybody fooled. Yeah. Everybody was cool with that. No, no, no. You know what? Jean-Paul is right, though, because I've known my dad and a lot of other hippies swear. They're like, if you have duct tape, you can fix any fucking thing. Absolutely. And I've never seen it fail, actually. Fuck. Absolutely. Because when I... When I say it was lined inside that door of the wing, <laughs> the top of the door, you know, they probably used a couple of rolls on that door. But it's amazing. You know what Jean-Paul is amazing to me is that I just can't, I mean, I, and, 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 and in reality, like I've had some very great experiences and stuff. So, and traveling, Himalayas and all that no, stuff, awesome. right? There's been times that I've been places that I've had the wherewithal to realize this is actually a very special moment. And it's worth it for me to take it in for a second and realize just how perfect or interesting or spiritual, whatever it is, right? It is. And so when I think about, you know, two young people in Tulum doing their thing and even being part of a situation where you're so comfortable in front of the camera, you really do forget. You really do. It's not a trick. Totally. Right? What does that feel like? I mean, what kind of, I mean, so when I think about that, I can kind of understand a certain extent that... At that point, was this before or after your breakdown? This is before. This was before, yeah. So I can kind of see where a gentleman who is having, in some ways, a very interesting life, right? And things, even though they're not perfect, seem to be working out in a way and has maybe even the wherewithal to enjoy it while it's going down. Yeah, that's the key point, to enjoy things. So I can kind of see where at a certain point, people that are close to you do make choices. Yeah. And you can see that there's you know no point to it in some ways and now you start to wonder what the fuck is this all about yeah you do but it it comes down to it's like that's why there's books written the power of now and being in the moment because you can't it's like no i think when you get to a certain age in life you 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 know it's like like i said the other day if you're not growing with me dude i'm calling an uber i'm out right because you want people to grow but unfortunately i think it's it's hard like you can look back on memories and there's so many things where like I've been around the world, I've been in situations and I always think, fuck, if I don't, and it's, it's like, like you just said, you, you're young, you don't do it. But, you know, maybe if people can start taking a little bit more out of these moments, no matter what age they are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so when you're young, because you don't, when you're young, there's so much bravado that goes with it. You do what you want, you say what you want, you know, you, you miss so many things mm-hmm. f- from being that way and you don't really see I don't think you see clearly. The, I don't think you're supposed to, brother. I think it's part of the process of life. It is the process. The gifts of, life. of aging. Of as course. you reflect, you gain wisdom. You gain patience. You gain. I don't think it hap- I don't think it's meant for you to. Well, get and it I at think 22. you're right because you I would lose your life. Twenty-two year olds yeah. get it. Well, yeah. well, well. I agree up to a point because you're right. Your your mind is developing, right? Right. I don't know what's intended. Personally, me. This is just me and my philosophy. I don't know what's intended by what goes on, really. Okay, but I will say this: and my dad was a fucked up dude in a lot of ways. Hmm. 
But one of the things that my dad did for me when I was very young, taking me traveling all these different places, is I was five years old in Aruba with him, right? He loved fucking gambling and give the guy 20 bucks and give me 20 bucks and be at the arcade all night while he was fucking gambling. But when we were in the hotel outside, my dad took me and he said, listen, you're too young to understand right now, but what I want you to do right now is I want you to look at all these flowers, look at this hotel, look that I'm right here with you, your dad, and remember this mm-hmm. right now. Take it, just mm-hmm. take your time. And take remember, it in. Because you're going to forget if I don't do this. If yeah. I don't tell you this. And by the way, he was no sage. He was a real yeah, fucking no, dude. Yeah. But he did do that. And since that time, and I remember it to this day, I'm talking about it on the show, he's dead. But the thing of it is, is since that time, that, that started me thinking a little bit. So you're right in the sense of young people aren't going to do it. But we don't really give them the tools necessarily totally, to start tools, early. Exactly. It's like when I talk to my son who's 17 and, you know, I try to parlay. You know, and, and no disrespects, I've raised three kids, two daughters and, and a boy. And, you know, it, how do I say this fucker? But I just feel men are easier to talk to and like understanding that they have more emotion. Like I, I actually want to rewrite, you know, women are from Venus and men are from Mars. That's I think right. it's the other way around. That book right. needs to be rewritten. Right. Because I've always feel like men are vested to go an emotional journey, to talk things out, to like really understand the process right and like from raising children and i'm not disrespecting women but i see my son and maybe it's just him but i look most of the guys that i know want to talk about things and see a solution to it where women i think women are just okay with it just moving on and not addressing the situation or whatever the reasons are but men men for me when you talk to them i think we're given the short end of the stick. We can get deep. We can really talk. We can wear it on our sleeve. And I think most people are, maybe women do when they talk to themselves. Maybe I'm just naive and blind to that, but women get around and they talk about the same stuff, right? Like like men do. So maybe that's a naivety, right? But I, I, You know what? This is, no. You know what? I think this is an interesting observation. It's your observation, Steve. I mean, essentially what I think I heard Jean-Paul say is that to a certain extent, his experience is women might be a little more cut and dry and it's guys that are a little bit more emotional. Absolutely. What do you think about that? I... Because <laughs> that goes counter to sometimes what some people's conventional well, wisdom is. Well, then it would is. go to kind of also say that women are probably emotionally more mature than us. Mm, they they might be a bit more advanced and we're but the ones that are yeah, slower. You, and like, yeah, that's why totally. they're breaking down when you totally. should explain we want to get yeah. to the bottom. Yeah. They might innately understand something totally. and that's why they don't sit there and talk I, I, about I, I'll, it. I'll agree with that. They understand what we're that. still trying to like. Go ahead. Just like I also think that, I think that addicts and alcoholics are really the spiritual people. I think, I think that addicts and alcoholics are people that think so much in their heads mm. and trying to figure and and that they get lost on drugs and alcohol but that's how they get over to like this spiritual path i think that those people are already super like i would agree with that it sounds it seems to me it, it, <clears throat> that like uh, most a lot of people don't turn to drugs because they really don't have a problem with the world exactly no problem that's uh, exactly right but you're somebody that <laughs> shit a deep affects you deeply. right you're yeah. not okay with it right and young you might not know how to process that i don't like the way it feels I well mean, everything affects totally. me right. and i turn to drugs but i think i was meant to be that person from the gate like no i, I mean you you're know? talking to a guy who was raised in a culture i don't know what it was in your particular zone but what 
Britain is known about from the from from the outside is is that they got a stiff upper lip and they don't get bogged down and all that bullshit and they get the job done and they just keep it moving right and in fact I would say even it's interesting that an emissary at least in part from that culture who was able to create a, a woman monarch right who mm. is very much at least in the public persona depicted as somebody who's very steely and very able to keep it moving and, and keep everything together what the truth is behind the scenes whatever i don't know but. that's 99 percent of the united kingdom right? right but i think that's why i say i think my neighborhood was a gem because it wasn't like that. And I think, you know, musically, all the R&B soul we were getting, the food we were eating, talking to different mothers, like, you'd have these amazing, you know, I'd have these amazing friends whose mothers were like all nurses, like yeah. in the hospitals in England, like most of the nurses were Caribbean, right? So, hmm. and then they'd come home and cook, hey John, you want something? And we talk about shit. So I think growing up in that environment, made it easier for me and my dad being French, that's where I got the name. You know, we we, ah. I, we we talked about things, but I think there is a steeliness to the British to step up a lip, get it done, go conquer the world and don't worry about it. Right, it's, just go to know, the pub. Yeah, go do what you're told and get up and go to work and don't ever question it and blah, blah, blah. And, and I think that's But still, the French aren't like that. The French aren't like that. They you know? killed their king. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know what? And my dad was the coolest fucking guy in the world. He, 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 he was 20 years older than my mother and she was like fucking Churchill. She was on his ass like nonstop. And he was like, like I felt sorry for him, man. Like and that, now growing up, I realized, yeah, you know, he'd sit and fucking drink all night long. For, when I say drink, a bottle of wine with dinner and, a, and, you know, a hard alcohol. Right. The whole bottle every <laughs> night. Yeah. Nine o'clock, he'd be snoring in, the, in his chair. And I, you know, I wish I'd got to know him more as a man. You know, like, I was like, fuck, that guy was probably really cool because never raised his hand to me. My mother. Who is this? Your my dad? dad. My yeah. Mom, what was his name? His, his name was Michel Michael. Oh, I love yeah, that. Where yeah. was he from in France? Was he, he actually from France? Yeah, he was from um, Paris. And they, he, so he was born in 19, he was born in 1916. They were affected by the war. Him and his twin brother, his, him and his twin brother ended up in the United Kingdom, the other brother, so he fought in England during the war. His other brother was in the French resistance that most of the family was wiped out, his family during the war. But he, crazy thing is, I'm a twin, I lost my twin. He was right. a twin, lost his twin. Right. My wow. son was a twin and we lost his, his, his twin in the womb. So it's like oh. they go, oh, twins don't run through men, right? But three generations of, wow. Yeah, what, do you make, what do you make of this generational, <laughs> at least, um, um, pattern at, at some sort? Do you think that there's something to that, there's something being part of the family as a unit experience or do you just chalk it up to chance? I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm a firm believer and I think like Tiffany's really great at like the post-it notes, like, you know, the universe and all this stuff. And I really, you know, growing, you, you know what it is like when you come from a space where there isn't that, you know, and you're doing things in life that are, that are just solely for the moment, right? To get by or, you know, or you follow your dream and it's all really closed in the box. I think once you get outside the box and you see that there's fucking a lot of shit going out there, right? We're, look, man, we're on a rock floating in space, man. Hey. When someone says to me, hey, it's weird, this fucker did that, mm -hmm. or Michael Jackson did this shit, right, or right, oh, right. this shit, I'm like, how much more weird of weird it is being on a rock? rock? We're on a rock floating on space. Right. What the fucking humans are gonna do some weird shit? Yeah. Right? But they wanna, but we don't realize <laughs> that. So we go about our everyday life thinking it's endless. And but once you step we're the back, thing in the yeah, we're the biggest thing in it, and my life lasts forever. And I'm getting this paid on Friday. I'm going to buy this, or I'm going to yeah. buy this house, and I'm going to refinance it, and I'll do this, and I'll yeah. fuck this guy over here, and fuck them over there, and you know, I'll fuck yeah. her. And I, but all of a sudden, when you get outside the box of society that put us in these fucking train tracks, yeah, you step outside this train track and you look in and see the train pass, and you're still standing yeah. there. Yeah. You, there go, you go, okay, hang on. There you go. Train That's just went by, and I'm still here. Right. 
right? And then get you get off look, the ride. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you go, "Fuck, dude, this is massive," and we're just that. I don't know why we're here, what we're here for. I I always say just do the best while we're here. Like I always try to like, you know, like I be blessed if I can help someone, right? Like I was going out feeding the homeless. I see someone like me and my mate were going to Costco. My mate's cool. He's from the Bronx, right? And he's brother and he's like, we need to go feed the homeless. I'm like, then people doing that. He's like, that's our job. He goes, no one's doing it. Look around you. So we go to Costco, buy the food. You spend a hundred bucks, I can feed a hundred people. Yeah. Right. Buy chicken, right. barbecue, all this stuff. Because mm. you start to realize that and I've never really been given a fuck about money. That's the root of all evil. That's I know, yeah. bullshit. Yeah, you can't always it's never been my that. shit, man. Like, it's like people, interaction, you know, what can I learn? And it's like, but it takes a minute to get there, right? And then when you get there, then I start to look at all that. My dad, the twins, like why, he, you know, his family, why am I, I have no relationship with my mother, like none. Like after my sister died, she, you know, she took her life and my mother never told, uh, I was 34, there's me, my sister's son, 15, crying over his mom in the coffin. He's like, I love you, mom. I love you, blah, blah, blah. And she's, she was like, yeah. Um, she said something like, I, I loved you too. And I, I just looked at her. I was like, well, why didn't you tell her when she was alive? She might not be in that coffin. Right. And it kicked right. off. That was the start of it. Right. And she was like, and then it just went. And then, you know, you grow up and you look back on your life, right? I look at Jean-Paul today. And I always try to look at myself. Hey, what was Jean-Paul today told a 20-year-old Jean-Paul? What? Right. You know, like, all oh, that type of shit to really see where I'm at. But I, but I look at my life and I went, yeah, my dad used to sit in a chair and drink booze and get fucking drunk. But yeah, my mom was having like three or four affairs. I remember sitting in rooms as a kid with my sister, some strange house I didn't know, watching a black and white TV set while she's banging some dude with the door closed. You did that with your dad, right? Right? But, yeah. but, but... You know, so you got all this shit. So after my sister passed, you know, it went on for years. And my mother would go, if she'd have just listened to me, if she'd just listened to me. And I went, you know what, mom? You had were doing this, 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 and this. And then it fucking kicked off. Right. And like, I, and like these memories aren't made up. Right. Right. So you stop judging her. I, I accept you for the tools that you have and how you lived your she life. She don't want to take any ownership she went, none, of, none of it. None of it. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's been... And my, bro, my older brother... You know, he, he fucking, he's a bit of a see you and cunt. Can I say it on the you show? You can say right? it, please. He's, no, that's He's a bit like of a cunt because he just, all he cares about is her money and he'll fuck everyone over for like everything, right? right? And it's like, you know, he's just staying there to get the money. And I look at him, I go, you've got nieces, nephews, all these kids in London you never see. I go over as much as I can to see him. Fucking never forget their birthdays. They don't never see him. He's in the same town. My kid's been there three years. He hasn't seen her once. Like all this shit. I'm like, uh, you, you just don't, you're, you're like her. Is that how you really want to go out? Yeah. Who cares about that little bit of fucking money? The house or whatever. How old is he? He's one year older than me. He's 50. He's been, he been, by that age, he's already <laughs> showing you who he is. Oh, yeah. You know he showed saying? me from being, a, he showed me from, he done some fuck, he came here and done some fucked up shit. He got run out of this country. Right. Funny mm. as fuck, but he done bird here, he done everything here. But it's like, no growth. Right. No growth. Like when these kids needed you the most, like look, Ira was a single mother. She left three children. Right? No father around, no nothing. Like when when you should have been a grandmother who stepped in. You know, the, the kids told me that they went to her house once she just shut the door on them. Like, where how can you get to space and not grow? You're gonna you get to a point in your life, you you at some point you gotta start thinking about your actions and And what affects to, other people. Yeah, or at some that. point there has to be a glimmer of like when you're on the four or five stuck in traffic, like why the fuck am I here, right? Yeah, Everyone yeah. has to have that moment, right? 
Or maybe not. Maybe they're not there maybe yet. Maybe not, this, bro. I, don't, I think people pass on and leave this planet and never give it a second thought. Yeah. They were all about them Except the whole time. Except when they time. come back and have to learn it again. Then they come back as a fucking dog. But yeah. they don't remember. So if they yeah. got a lesson, they got to learn, they don't remember. But this is what I'll tell you. Sade is the right sex music. Everybody oh, knows that. Love, Love music. Her. Love her. Right? Smooth lost operator. Lost my virginity to Sade. Yeah. How old were you when you lost oh, your virginity? Man. We'll I, end on that. The high note. Let me just say, old, like, seven, <laughs> right? She was a topless. <laughs> nine years old to a babysitter. To, to, to a nine. <laughs> to a nine. No, but Go she ahead. was 10 years older than me. And I remember I was so nervous. I played the album about 15 times. And she was like, can you stop playing that fucking song? <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is. You know what I mean? Time to get in this fucking bed. She's like, yeah. enough, enough with the music. I got enough another record I want you to play right now. Put the needle on the record. JP, how could people... How can people check out some of your work? Yeah, how do they give you pay? I know you don't care about money, but our audience wants to pay. Yeah, they want and they want to see some of your little videos. And Come stuff. on, they'll see me. Uh, they'll see me to uh, Lucky's page. All right, how's that? I'll put well, yeah, by JP see, on yeah, everything. Right, yeah. right. And 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 by the way, a walking tour with the uh, Native American guy in Montana. When love is him. that happening? Love him. Walking love tour. Him. I go up there a lot, man. You know, I love Montana. There's a lot of tribes up there. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go casino yeah. crazy where, about yeah, where, but what 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 Oneida. Which is where? Which is Wisconsin by Green Bay and also Jamestown Sklalem, which is up in Washington State totem poles. M- mother and father both? Yeah. Amazing, huh? Yeah, but both are also part white. Yeah, uh, I got French, by the way. Yeah, I did the DNA shit. I got a big chunk of French. I love the French people. They're fucking so French fucking... get everywhere, huh? Man, They're like they pit bulls they... all over. Man. Every dog's mixed with a pit bull. I don't know. The Spaniards kind of got everywhere too. Yeah, but the French fucked a lot of people, bro. They're the people. Yeah, they're love... French. Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anybody who is anybody who's unapologetic about smoking cigarettes is all right with me. That's right. I yeah. like that. But, hey, but one thing about the French: give the Americans the key to Paris. Don't be arrogant. They fucking ten thousand men died on your beach. I mean, that's right. true. Stop yeah, it already. Stop that shit already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Leave Listen. it just to the Argentinians and that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Jean-Pierre, uh, Jean-Pierre. Jean-Paul, yeah. uh, whatever it is you said here, I know that uh, we are very grateful to have such a, a world-acclaimed uh, coxman uh, with <laughs> us. And all the great stories. Coxman director. Hey, Coxman extraordinaire who, uh, you know, made out with the hottest woman in the world in Tulum. Should we all have a great story like that? Chen Twani, huh? Chen Twani, they broke the mold. Story like that. Yeah. Listen, yeah, you told nice a story about you how you you uh, got away with a bunch of money from an event, and that you laid all the yeah. money in cash and was banging abroad and saw yourself in the mirror. Yeah, that's that's feeling <laughs> yeah. yourself a little yeah. bit, right? Fuck Tulum. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, a yeah. mental Tulum. Yeah, yeah. fucking on stacks of money. Yeah, yeah. fucking on stacks of money. <laughs> it was all ones, all five dollar hey. bills. Yeah, but there was hundreds of them. Fuck, I've, I've still was... got coins up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Hey, hey, Chin, chin Twan. Salud. All right. Thank you awesome. very much. All right. So, All right. Go. JP, so, thank yeah. you. JP, you're welcome. Nice just chatting with you guys, man. Of course. This is fucking great, great group, group of guys in here. Man. You keep coming yeah. back, my friend. Yeah. Uh, I know you got more stories in here. Carte Blanche. Whatever you want, JP. You yeah. can always come in here. Yeah, hey, you know lunch. what? Maybe maybe Tiffany comes in and does the next uh, one. Oh, oh, dude, come on. Come on. Oh, 
Yes, that would be the best. That hottest power couple on the planet. Power couple. I would love for that. I like to hear rents too. What is the date? Second. I would love to hear her version of Tulum. Yeah. He wouldn't keep his hands off of me. I went crazy. He started getting He'd be doing. He'd be doing ten years if it was today. I told him to take a tic tac on Right. I love it. Great man, My great man. father. Yes. My man. Absolutely. Yes, you know what? I really, really enjoyed this episode. I think we're getting back to our roots again with this kind of uh this Dialogue. kind of gentleman here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a real Talking. man. So um with that, Sean at movemental.media. Right. Ovanda Bone LLP. We wear braids to court. www.supermaxhardware.com. Come check us out for summer. Right. And Cookies Vibes. What? Cookies Vibes. Co- and then uh, www.hardluckshow.com. Right. Art of War. Art of War. Proto episodes. Proto episodes. LA Mixtape. LA, LA Mixtape. Right. Five Rings coming, coming soon. Monday, right. Wednesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, and Big Pig Mike Scatman. Angel Photography, shout out to our Hard Luck Show. Thanks for having me on here. JP, very, very, and an honor to meet you, man. Likewise. Much love to all you gentlemen out there. Support each other. Y'all gangster for real, man. One love. One love. One love. There you You're go. Lucky I, just to have just one love. One yeah. love. Very good. Can we give okay. a shout out to Oscar <laughs> and Alex at the Pico Youth Center? Thank right. you Thank for you allowing so much. us to record here. Big shout out to Esteban, the Soul Assassins. Oh, Burner, Esteban. Come on. And like we do about this time, adios, amigos. This is this the Von Order. Listen to the Hard Rock Show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, motherfucker. What? What the fuck's wrong with you?